Hello, y'all out there. Welcome to a brand new episode of Promptings with Cody B. I've got an amazing guest coming on today. A good friend of mine. His name is Troy Dooley. He's got to be one of the most dynamic personalities of, of anyone I've done business with over the last 30 years. You're going to see that on the show today. He's a big, he's a patriot. He's a big advocate of freedom. In fact, on the interview, in the interview, we talk a lot about freedom and how important freedom is today and how important it is to be true to yourself. Troy Dooley is the known as the Beachside CEO. He's a consultant in the direct uh, sales space. He's worked with numerous affiliate marketing, network marketing type of companies. He serves on several board of directors. He's the who's who in our space. Uh, helps many people. He's actually been a consultant for our company as we've done different launches and things. Extremely knowledgeable in the direct sell space. But more important, this is a guy that's very knowledgeable about patriotism, freedom. Uh, he's not he's not afraid to stand up and speak for it. Uh, it's kind of cool in his bio. First bio I've ever received. You know, because we always get these paper bios first bio I received the whole first paragraph has nothing to do with him his whole first paragraph is all about his high school sweetheart who he married they've had nine children together and he talks about his wife Paige who's written 40 books four of them are bestsellers he talks about his kids you know you you got to go halfway down the page to even start hearing about him that's the kind of guy he is Troy Dooley and uh listen Stay tuned. Come back for the interview. Let's learn about freedom, overcoming fear, and how to act on our promptings and be true to who we are as people. So come on back and listen to the show. Thanks, everybody. There he is, my good friend, Mr. Troy Dooley. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. It's good to be on. It's good to see you again. With everything you've got going, we've not communicated lately. Well, I'll tell you what. we've Both of us have been going a million miles a second. You're down there in sunny Florida today, which isn't so sunny, I hear. It's been kind of cold, right? It's chilly. You know, We were down to 39, and uh, we're up in the Panhandle, what they call the Redneck Riviera. So we don't usually get that cold at all and so yeah it was long long sleeves today yeah that's that's great we're actually nice here i'm in utah and it's nice fall weather i rode my motorcycle into the office today to do this podcast so let's uh let's get started we got a lot of fun things to talk about today now troy you 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 have got to be one of the most dynamic personalities in this space you know, just just title alone, going by the beachside CEO. I mean, that's that alone kind of speaks to you. You're you're a very independent thinker. You know that we started this thing called promptings, and it's to help people act on promptings. And what's coming up as a central message in all of these podcasts is the importance of freedom when it comes to acting on promptings. Now, there's a lot of discussion in the world today about what freedom is and what freedom means. And and you're a strong advocate of just freedom in general. Let's start there. 
Let's start about where are we today with our freedoms and how important is our freedom for us to be able to be who we are as people? Well, it's definitely the top priority, no matter no matter what we look at. It can be politics, it can be religion, it can be trying to walk a family life, figuring out what that is. If you've got everyone else dictating to you what freedom is, then you've got to ask yourself, whose freedom am I walking in? And I think if, if we just look at America alone, we, we have such a polarity on different sides where people are trying to draw a line in the sand of what they call freedom is and not give any type of leeway for somebody else's freedom. And that doesn't mean I agree with everybody's decisions, Cody, but right. we need to start to learn to listen more than we talk. And that, you know, that's that's an old that's an old adage. You get it in scripture, you get it throughout history. And if we're not going to listen to what other people say, what kind of freedom is that? We can look at Iran right now with what they're going through. They, they've got a young generation trying to, to really raise up and say, wait a minute, there's this isn't this isn't right. And they're getting squashed down. And then we come to America and we're starting to see some of that similarity there where you'll take someone that goes on to a college campus who may not agree with some of the people on the college campus. And that can be liberal, it can be conservative, it can be right, left, whatever you want to call it. And both sides seem to come out with venom. And that's that's yeah. not something we saw in the old days. It took us a long time to get the Constitution because people were willing to talk to each other. And we don't see that kind of talking and listening these days. Well, I think that's key, even in our messaging of promptings, you know, prompting is that inner voice that speaks to you, that tells you you're genius, and it tells you when to reach out to others. And it's it, it always, it, promptings always invoke some kind of positive action. So I have my own voice inside that evokes positive action for me in my life. So do you, and so does everybody listening. And our voices are different. Like each of our voices are different. And so it's it's amazing to me that in society, there's this notion that there's a there's a commonality that everybody should live within that kind of take, well, not kind of, massively takes away from that freedom, that individual freedom that people need. If you don't have that, how do you how do you act on your inner voice if you don't have the freedom to do it? You're absolutely correct. How do you even know if your inner voice, you should act on it? If somebody else is dictating the way you should speak or the way you should act. And, and you know, I know it, it, you know, you know, my faith. So I go a lot of times I'll go back to scripture and there's a little scripture in the Bible that says, love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. And then the next commandment, which is just as important, is love your neighbor as yourself. And I think this is the key, Cody. If people don't love themselves, they're not hearing the promptings that you and I are talking about. Wow. They, don't, they don't realize that, hey, maybe that couple that just came into this restaurant are on their last dime, and you feel prompted to say to the waitress, hey, let me take care of their bill, but don't tell that to anybody. Don't say anything. Or you're driving down the street. I had this happen yesterday. A buddy of mine were going down the, the road here on the island, saw a lady with a flat tire, we stopped because m not me, my partner said, hey, let's stop and see if she needs help. And those are those are small, but there are parts of the world where people won't even stop and help somebody because they're afraid that if they make a move like that with that prompting, 
that something else could happen. And, and that's where we've got we've to find a way to get people to realize they need to slow down, love more, and listen to those promptings. Don't be looking at life completely out of the glasses half empty. Start realizing most people in this world, and I believe this from the bottom of my heart, are good people. We just hear a lot about bad people is what's yeah, going on. It's true. It's very, very true. I like what you said a minute ago where you talked about it's so much more important to listen than it is to speak. And I want to I want to talk to that a little bit. You know, how important it is to listen to people, help people feel like they've been heard, listen and take in people's perspective versus trying to get your own perspective out. Uh, how how important that is. And again, it ties to promptings. You if if I'm babbling off all day and talking and yakking and doing this and super busy and engaged and everything else, those promptings or those inner intuitions are going to not be recognized because I've got too much noise going on. I gotta I have to in my personal space, I have to slow down, I have to find a place of calm, and I have to listen to my own inner voice. You're saying the same thing in society. We need to slow down, calm down. And as we interact with a diverse group of humanity, we need to slow down and listen before we speak. By the way, you're a great example of that. I see you do that all the time. I just want you to, to speak to that a little bit more. That the how do you, how do we how do we, in today's day and age, social media and everything else, we're always trying to blah, get our voice out there. How do you slow down and listen more? What kind of things can we do to help people create habit of listening? Well, the, the first thing we can do is, is realize personally, why are we listening? Are we listening to fix something, to give someone an answer, to, to get our voice heard, to be known? Or are we listening to truly be able to understand? where the other person is coming from. And if that's our goal, and that's what we want to work on, is we want to understand more than we want to deliver, then we're going to follow up that listening with questions, not with statements. And, and, and I'm going to tell you what, I'm preaching to the choir. Where I fall short at this is with my wife and kids. If my wife comes at me, I want to fix it. I want to defend myself. Um, I, I want to justify my actions by explaining what my intent was. And with my kids, I half listen, and then I want to judge them <laughs> or I want to fix it. And, and you know, when I realized that I wasn't practicing this at home, made me realize I need to practice it in the real world. It's just sometimes, Cody, it's easier when we don't have the emotional attachment to ask those questions, to slow down and say, what did you mean? And, and maybe men are worse than women. We, you know, we don't want to say, I don't know. We don't want to act like yeah. we, we don't have an answer. And sometimes I don't know may be the best answer. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's interesting while you were saying that, I, I couldn't help but think that as a grandparent, I, I end up talking about my kids and grandkids almost on every show. So, you know, it's just, it's just part of who I am, I guess. But part of the reason is I, I'm learning so much from my grandchildren right now. It's unbelievable. 
But what I've noticed while you were saying that, I, I kind of thought to myself, you know, I, I think I listen to my grandkids a lot better than I listen to my kids. Now, I got to go in ter- inside and kind of analyze that and find out why. You know, why, why is it that I have a tendency to really slow down and listen to my grandkids more than I do my kids? And I, I don't know. That's that's interesting. Do you have a take on that? Well, maybe because we, we you and me and our grandkids have a common enemy and that's their parents. You know, <laughs> it's, I don't know. You know. Maybe that's what it is. You know, because of, of Paige and I's, our family dynamics and we, we raised, we've already got adult kids and now we're raising teenagers. And then we've got a couple of grandkids that we're raising. Uh, we just had that talk today because sometimes our kids will will make statements either on social media or they'll make them to us about how we failed in certain areas. And there's there's no doubt, parents always fail. My, my new thing is I'm a clumsy dad because I'm just walking through this like a giraffe on ice. But what I've realized is as, as I've started to look at my grandkids, as I've started to listen to my younger generation of kids, I started to realize I grew through this process. I sure wasn't perfect in my 20s when I started having kids. And I'm starting to realize now when I look at my kids, I didn't ask the right questions. I, I, I judged too quickly. And because I'm seeing how my past was and I'm willing to learn from that, now I'm listening to the grandkids more. I'm listening to my younger kids a little bit more who are in their teens and realizing, Cody, the world changed. When my kids were, when my first batch was born, Paige and I, we didn't have to worry about social media. I think there was three or four channels on yeah. the TV. You know, it wasn't the bombardment that it is today. I just picked up a new book. It's called uh, Raising Girls in a Toxic Society. Because wow. I'm thinking, man, I got to learn some new stuff. Yeah. Here. No, but I think that's the reason is that as our kids become adults and they've kind of left the roost, they think they're our peers. They think they're our equals. Yeah. And, I, and I do think they're respectful, but they want to tell us what we did wrong in a positive yeah. way most of the time, but sometimes it comes out negative. Yeah, that's that's a great point. It's very, very interesting. Well, listen, uh, you know, you. It, it's kind of funny in their bio, we kind of read your bio before we started the show today. And one of the things that really impressed me, because I have guests every week and they send in their bios and the whole bit, <laughs> you send in your bio and the first paragraph has nothing to do with you. It has to do with your wife and your kids. And, but that speaks to who you are. I mean, you, uh, you are a family man. You are a, you are, you are a husband and father first before anything else. And you're very vocal about that. It's something I really, really respect about. And you have a large family, uh, nine, nine, nine kids, nine kids total, nine kids total. Uh, I actually come from a family of 11 myself. So I kind of know what it's like to be part of a big family. And, and we now, my wife and I, Jody, we have three kids and 10 grandkids and they're all close. So they're in the house a lot. And so when the family's together, it's, it's a big group of people that, y'all got to get along with but i really admire that about you that that family family and god are first in your life and you're not afraid to say it not at all and I, and I think that's important because part of you know 
in business, a lot of business people listen to this show and they want to learn about branding and personal branding and how do I get my message out there and everything else. One of the things we always talk about is no matter what, you have to just stay true to who you are. No matter what it is, there's no, you whatever, whatever that is, you got to stay true to it. Don't be afraid of it. You as a faith-based Bible reading uh, Christian, which is the biggest aspect of your life, you put that on a pedestal and, and it's in a, we're in a society today where that's a lot of times not very popular, but that's one of the things I love about you is that, is that you put it out there, but what's interesting. And I want you to speak to this is by doing that, what do you attract back to you? Cause you have an amazing following of people. You, you're just who you are and you attract the people that want to be in your world. So just talk to us a little bit about that. You know, it, it is something I, I wish I could tell you I've been this way my, my whole my whole life and I haven't. Uh, I've learned my intent was always to be bold. My intent was to be a, a good husband, to be a good father. And as I've as I've grown older, as the kids have grown, as as Paige has become more. Um, free to speak her mind and know that I'm not going to react as we talked a minute ago in a, in a defensive manner or a judgmental manner or, or a fixing manner, then we, I've started to come close to being that husband and that father that I've always dreamed of being. And, and Paige and I had to talk about that today because we both realized the dream that we had coming into our marriage to the, the dream of, of having a family wasn't the leave it to beaver. I mean, it, it was far from that. But as I, as I realized what my, what has helped me to grow was my faith. What has kept me going through life was that relationship that, and, and not everybody believes this and I get that, but it's my relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's moving my wife and kids from second place to first place. And in our business, Cody, a lot of times you'll hear people on stage say, well, it needs to be God first, family second, and business third, and none of them live it. And I didn't live it. Right. I've changed as I've gotten older to realize in my life, it is God first. Second, it's me. And not in a vanity way, but it goes back to the scripture. If I can't love myself, if I'm not taking care of myself, how can I love my wife? How can I love my kids? So I became very bold in saying, look, this is just the line I'm going to draw. And if if you don't like it, great. You know it up front, whether you're a client or whether just somebody on social media. But if you do get attracted to that, then I'm going to try to help you based on those principles. I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to spin what you want. I'm going to tell you, yes, I'll take you as a client or no, you won't. Now, in going to your question of what does that attract, because I try to lead off with questions and not with statements. Mm. I have attracted some of the most diverse people. I, I have atheists that will engage in business conversations to other because they know I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to continue to ask questions because honestly, I don't know how you can't believe in God or, or, or if somebody wants to call it a higher power. I just, I, if you look out your window at your mountains, how can you not believe there's something there? That's That's just my... That's my opinion. And right. that's just what I ask questions. Politically, I do the same thing. 
I don't care about Republican or Democrat. I care about the Constitution and freedom and patriotism and loving the country for the people that are in it, not for the government that runs it. And sometimes people get that confused because in most countries, it's a government. It isn't the people's freedom, going back to freedom. So I've been able to attract some interesting people. I have failed myself in in ways. I'll, I'll use, let, let's go to promptings and let's go to one of your earlier guests, Tom Chenault. This, this, is, a, this is a perfect segue, Cody, on where I failed at, at listening to my promptings, which which could have ruined what I stand for with, with God and family and, and just living the way you're supposed to live. And, and I had a client that now has become one of the world's largest Ponzi schemes based on the findings of the court. And I was on Tom Chenault's radio show when he asked me a very straightforward question. And out of fear, I decided to hedge my bets. And his question was, does Zeke Rewards pay you anything? And I said, no, their parent company pays my expenses. Now, what I didn't say was my expenses also includes this giant retainer because this is a high-risk deal. And that ended up with me being sued by the SEC out of Washington. It wasn't even by the, by the actual receiver of this company. And I knew, I knew, Cody, as it was coming out of my mouth, I'm trying to pull it back in wow. and I didn't do it. And, and I, I knew right then that I'd made a mistake, but I was too fearful because of what people might say or what people might think. And in return of being that fearful, it hurt me personally. I ended up getting chastised by the SEC and paying a small fine. And I've swore since 2012, I would never, ever do that again. And publicly or privately, now whether you like it or not, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say what it is, and that's what I do. And and sometimes wow. it benefits, and sometimes I I fire clients when I find out they're not telling the truth. And so, well, we we really appreciate you sharing that story with us. So you know that what what I gain out of that is is fear. Then fear is a blocker of acting on promptings. You know, and and I think that's an important thing to talk about. And all of you listening, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of prompting acting people that listen to this thing. And I think that's an important message there is that do not allow fear. And I, I think back on my own life, even in business and stuff, many, many, many times I have allowed fear to block me from acting on my promptings in my business and it and it's hurt me it's really really hurt me so i think that's an important aspect is to you know how to overcome fear and those kind of things and and that's not that's easier said than done hey just overcome your fear and do it it's it's a lot easier said than done how do you overcome fear well what do you do you know, well there and we should probably look at there's healthy fear and we all know that we don't want to go stick our hand in a in a right. boiling water and all that stuff. So we're not talking about that fear. Right. We're talking about that that fear that comes from a limiting belief. And and I've got a one of my mentors that that taught me a long time ago. What you believe drives your thoughts. Your thoughts drive your feelings. So when it came to fear that day, it was actually the feeling of pride. I don't. I didn't want my pride. I didn't want my reputation. I didn't want 
I didn't want to say on public radio, yes, this company lied to me. They, they didn't tell me everything uh, because I thought, oh, my gosh, people are going to look down on me. So my pride was driving my fear. But the second half of that equation is your feelings drive your actions. My actions were, oh, I'll just say a white lie. I'll just pretend that my expenses, yeah, I'll just put it all together, which drove my results. So your belief is where fear has its root. And if, and if we aren't looking at what we believe and realizing, okay, I've, I've grew up with, with an, a story of origin, the way we were raised, the way our parents were, the, the community that we're in, all of that plays into our neurosciences. That frontal cortex has burned in responses that then affect our nervous system and our body. And, and Cody, you know what I'm talking about. You've been in situations where you knew. Matter of fact, the, the, the story of your brother is a prime example. You had a prompting, you didn't follow through. And when you got the call, your body reacted in a certain way. And there are certain times in life when our bodies tell us we're acting in fear. But most of the time, the fear is coming from a past situation. It's not coming from our current situation. And that's how mine was. I was fearful of being embarrassed in public. I, I had had this reputation and I was more concerned about that than I was the principles in which I stand for. So if people can start working backwards to find out what is it I believe that's holding me back? What is that that emotion that I have right before my fear or right before my anger? Is it embarrassment? Is it disappointment? Is it going to be loneliness? Sometimes we got a fear of connection, so we don't want to tell our spouse the real story. We want to we want to show show it a little or hide it, shadow it a little bit. That's that's where our fear has its root, and and it's like yeah. you said. It is not as easy to get rid of. No, it's not. Yeah. Make it out to be. I still- you, yeah, that you have to practice that. We are listening to Troy Dooley, the Beachside CEO. This is a guy that uh, is is large and in charge in the direct sales space as a consultant, as a watchdog for the network marketing industry. Is Numerous things that you've done, uh, and 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 just been an incredible con- contributor to the direct sales space. Now, I want to speak a little bit to that because kind of the theme of of our conversation really has been about freedom, acting on promptings, overcoming fear, these kinds of things. You and I share our uh, career path in the direct sales space. You've been in it for a long time. You've seen. You've worked with hundreds of different companies. You've seen about everything there is to see. I want to talk a little bit about entrepreneurialism, if you will, uh, direct sales, affiliate marketing, network marketing, a, 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 a space where I can work in home and have my own little independent business with some kind of parent company that allows me to, to offer their products and services. And, uh, how important that space is today. I heard, I heard, um, I saw a stat. I don't, you know, you read these stats and you don't know if any of them are really true or not, but, but I read this stat the other day that said as much as 40% of active Americans have some type of side gig. Now, again, I don't, if that's true, that's a lot of people. 
And, and we do know there's a lot of people that, you know, with the gig economy, you know, you can drive for Uber counts as that, or you can have a little Amazon thing and accounts for it. So I think with all of that, in, in addition to uh, the direct sales network marketing space, it probably is up in the 40% range. How important is uh, how important is this direct sales entrepreneurial space to freedom? How important is freedom to it? And how important is it to freedom? Well, it's it, when you look at, at the history of our country, and probably if you look at the history of most main street countries across the globe, it started with some form of entrepreneurialism. At least it did after we got rid of the kings and the peasants, you know, back when we started to get the printing press and, and things shifted and people became free and we we got in a, the ledger system with credit and debit. And I'm not going to go into detail on all that. But when that happened, entrepreneurialism really shifted. It really came forward. People started to barter. I have this. You have that. Let's cut a deal and let's let's grow together. It was a community-based marketing system. And when you fast forward that to the 21st century and you look at what we've gone through, um, let's just let's just say from the the beginning of 20 with 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 COVID and all that, that started to really shift the perspective of what we know is Main Street America. And they started to realize I cannot just rely on my company, because in that case, the company said, go home. We're not going to pay you. Everybody's got to set out. I can't rely on my government because they fight too much. And all they're going to do is, is give me free money. And then I got to pay that back either in inflation, reset, whatever it is. I mean, right. People are not dumb. They're getting it. you know. And people started to say, well, what is it that I can do? Now, in the old days, Cody, when we were coming up, Direct sales was about it. I mean, yeah. that was the best way to go into business for yourself. And most of us use that as the vehicle in order for us to do some other things, whether it was buy real estate, invest in some stuff, buy toys. It doesn't matter. We, we were all using that as the vehicle. When you get into 2022, we now have so many different vehicles that are all some form of direct sales or direct marketing. And you mentioned the network marketing, you've got affiliate marketing, you've got the Amazon space, um, you've got Uber, you've got Airbnb. I mean, you the list goes on and on and on yeah. of, of what people can do to, to do. And we didn't even touch in the local food markets that people go out and they do the community markets and all this stuff. All of that is to help an individual say, wait a minute, I don't just have to rely on someone else. And here's something else it does. It builds relationships, which is what direct sales is all about. And people, right. people don't have to get fearful. It's it's the, the thing about direct sales that's that's both our strength and our weakness is what we call duplication. But we 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 want to duplicate based on how we see duplication ought to be. So we limit the freedom of people when when a company or a leader says recruit, recruit, recruit. Yeah. Or another one says, sales, sales, sales. Yeah. We, we don't take into account what's that person's fear factor. Are they scared to talk to people? Do they need automation? Do they love talking to people? Don't need automation? Would they rather be at a, at a local farmer's market talking to people? We, we don't take that into account. We just automatically think we know what's best for somebody yeah. else's freedom is what we've done. 
Well, as a company owner in a direct sales, I've certainly learned those lessons the hard way as well. Because when we we I started my business, send out cards, we started in 2003. And back then, I mean, that lot has changed in 20, 19 years. But back then it was it was all about one system and and duplication and come in and do exactly what I do, exactly the way I do it, share exactly the way. And man, we were strong on that year after year. And as things have evolved with social media and all of the tools that are available for for you to be who you are that's just dramatically changed. So to, it's totally different today. It's like, yeah, you can come into my culture, you can come into my environment and I can show you what we do and I can show you a system of how to build a business, but then I have to allow you to take your own individuality and plug that into what I showed you. And that is so important today, which ties into this whole message. We have to allow we we have to allow freedom. It's 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 freedom. It's if people look. I, I've got something. I can show you how to do it, but you have the freedom to take your own personality into it. And uh, I think that's so important today. And it's exciting to me in the direct sales space because I actually just got back from uh, DSU Direct Selling University and. There was like 75 of the top direct sales companies there. This was a major conversation of all those top companies. There was companies there that represented $56 billion in annual sales. I mean, the who's who of everybody was there. And the major, whether you were a multi-billion dollar company or a small startup company, they were there and everybody was talking about the same thing. The importance of system that allows individuality. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting to see that all taking place. Well, that's the, that's the key. One of, one of my oldest clients and, and, and longest running clients is there. They've been very successful. And when, when we launched that company, there was, there was really no mention of anything except the product and what the product could do for somebody. And then obviously the network grew and people were excited and, and it did everything. But what the company realized was, hey, we've got to take care of what happens when the down curve hits. We need freedom just like we want our reps to have freedom. So they brought out one product, seasonal flavors. They, they, they expanded the excitement based on the people and what they wanted. But here was something that's been very unique. And this is another shift. Because a lot of times distributors, and I'm going to talk to them for a minute, distributors have this idea that the company has to do what they say and the company has to take care of them. Yeah. And that the company doesn't need to worry about the company because the reps are going to take care of the company. And that's just not, it just doesn't happen. Because as soon as there's one little hiccup, then they're going to blame the company and they go running around. Yeah. So my client said, look, we know that we have a very large competitor called Amazon. And we know that a lot of people are discounting our products on Amazon. So instead of saying, well, we're going to go terminate all the reps that are selling on Amazon, they went to Amazon and said, how can we form a partnership? And how can we stop all the discount selling? If somebody wants to sell a product, it's going to be us. and We're going to sell it for the same price that a rep is going to sell it for in the field. 
And that's also a shift, Cody, because companies have started to realize we have families, we have dreams. You you didn't start send out cards with the, without a, a, a dream behind it, without the kids being able to be a part of it, without yeah. financial blessing attached to it. It wasn't just about helping other people. That is a huge part of what promptings is today. But in the old days, it wasn't that way at all for the, for the, there was a him, there were them and us. That's how it was. And I believe for this industry to continue to flourish and become better, no matter how somebody wants to do it, it has to be we. And that goes back to the internal promptings. If, if, if a company owner has the wrong internal promptings, the company's not going to make it. Right. If he has the right ter- internal promptings or she does, they're going to learn to gather up the troops and say, look, we, we've hit a stagnant. What do we do next? How do we go forward? I, I was so tickled to death when I got the email that said, we're now promptings because yeah. that's your DNA. That finally, the DNA matches the man and the company's out there saying, this is what we're about. Yeah, that's great. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, you've had the chance to work with us on a few projects and it's always it's always great to have you at the table whenever we're doing doing things. Uh, we just really respect who you are, where you've come from. We're listening to Troy Dooley, Beachside CEO, uh, an incredible, inspiring person, uh, my fellow patriot, and uh, you know, Christian husband, um, grandfather, father. And all of those things come first in your life. Any final words of wisdom from Troy Dooley? Anything you want to share with our audience before we log off today? I'd tell everybody, you've got to follow that prompting. If you call it an intuition, if if you call it uh, hearing the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, I don't care what it is. When you have that prompting, then you need to follow up on that and, and you need to go for it. If you've got fear, then then definitely listen to this podcast, but get some help on finding out why do I have this fear inside of me? Why why is it my gut is turning upside down when somebody tells me I need to pick up the phone or I need to to go to a meeting or I need to send an email, whatever, whatever is holding you back, take the first step. If you just take the first step, the rest of it becomes pretty easy because you're starting down a path that Cody and I and many, many, many others had to go down, but it took that first step to be able to get there. Well, Troy, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, appreciate you. We'll have to bring you back sometime soon. We just love okay. having conversation with you. And thanks everybody for tuning in and make sure you come back to us week after week. We will keep putting the spread on the bread and we're going to make sure that we bring positivity to the world. Thanks everybody. Remember when you have a prompting, You just got to go and act. Take care, everybody. We'll see you.